Welcome to another episode of Timeless Wealth. Hello, Sean and Jalal. Welcome, Amy. How Hello, are you Sean? today, Amy? I'm good. How are you? Really Sean, good. I feel like we haven't we haven't sat in together for a while. It's I been know. a while, Jalal. I missed you. Uh, I did. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we're going to be talking about the life of an entrepreneur. We work with a lot of entrepreneurs yep. and they're very unique personality traits and, yep. and they're all different and come from many backgrounds, um, but they're interesting people. And so we thought, let's have a chat about the life cycle of an entrepreneur. And then at the end, we're going to talk about a little bit of how, how we work with them. Sounds cool. Coming, Coming up, up next. Up So we're here today to talk about entrepreneurs. So the life difficulties and pleasure of an entrepreneur. What are some life difficulties and, and the pleasures of an entrepreneur, Sean? Well, I think it's the unknown. I mean, when you start a business from day one, yep. mm -hmm. you have a purpose, you have a vision, you have something you want to accomplish. Yeah. But then you go, oh, what next? Yeah. How do right. I execute it? Yeah. And that's actually where most people, if they have a business idea, they, they start and stop. Right. And why so few people become entrepreneurs and even more so, so few people become successful entrepreneurs because mm -hmm. the idea is like, you know, they say the idea is 90%. Well, it's not. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot more than that. It mm -hmm. does take a lot more. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of trepidation and there's a lot of, I think anyone that's ever started a business has felt it, whether true or not, that there's a lot of people that believe you can't do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the first sign of, let's say difficulty or albeit even a failure. Yep. There's so many people around you that think that it's not going to happen and that you feel, even though it may or may not be true again, that they're almost rooting that you don't make it because they are doing what they're doing. They'd hate to see that. They, they're haters. Mm. A little bit. Shot yeah. and fraud, right? Yeah. And you got to push through that. And I think yeah. that's one of the difficulties of being an entrepreneur in the early stages. For well, sure. In the early yeah. stage, and it can feel pretty lonely too, right? Like yep. it goes from this idea to, oh, wait, okay, now I'm trying to execute. Oh, this is really hard. Oh my gosh, I have to figure out all the moving parts. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, not yeah. just like you have the idea and you go either make a product or offer a service. It's you have to figure out everything and it all comes down on on your shoulders. And yeah. it's like, well, how do I do all of that? And, one and we've, person. we've never met and we've met dozens and dozens of entrepreneurs over the years. Um, and we are, in a sense, entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. too, because we started with zero and, and built up our client base over time. Um, we've never met an entrepreneur, including ourselves, that hasn't dealt with some sort of crushing defeat, a crushing mm -hmm. failure, mm -hmm. a real uh, moment in time where you have to really gut check and ask yourself, am I doing the right thing? Mm -hmm. Am I you know, putting my family and their finances in danger and so forth? It's a scary thing to push through. Yeah. And oftentimes people wake up 10 years down the road and they're just very successful, but they're, they, it looks overnight. And yet the amount of effort and fortitude <laughs> yeah. and fear that yeah. went into it is just totally underestimated by the people that witnessed the end product. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I read a, I read something uh, Le uh, Lionel Messi said after he won the, uh, the, uh, the World Cup. He said it took me, I don't know how long he's been playing. I suck in soccer facts, but let's just say X amount of years. It took me like this amount of years and this amount of months and this amount of days of training to become an overnight success. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. It, it looks like an overnight success, but you know, obviously the one that's, uh, that's going through it, it definitely does not feel yeah. like an overnight success. Yeah. But which brings up, I think the the conversation that you guys were saying, we're talking about brings up, I think something that, uh, uh entrepreneurs probably share. So you said it's scary, you know, and that they're probably putting maybe themselves, their family, maybe in some under some, 
under some fo- some form of financial stress. Yeah. So it looks like entrepreneurs are good with risk or they're willing to take risk. But at the same time, since they actually endeavored in whatever project or um, or venture that they wanted, it looks like they al- they're also optimistic. Yeah. Now, being risk-taking that's a, that's a good way to, and to optimistic could be somewhat, could be a dangerous duo, right? If you, take, if you take risks and at the same time, you're optimistic that these risks will pay off, that could be a dangerous duo, but at the same time, very rewarding. Well, there. Right. Remember a couple podcasts ago, we were talking about um, the psychology of investing, and they mm-hmm. talked about the paranoid yep. optimist. I think a lot of entrepreneurs are paranoid optimists. You have to be yeah. an optimist to be an entrepreneur. You can't like you cannot be yep. a glasses half empty person <laughs> and drive <laughs> forward on your own business well. and grow. Yeah. Like you yeah, can't yeah. do yeah. it, yeah. right? Yeah. However, you you know, you know, when you become a successful entrepreneur, based on what we've observed, even in ourselves, mm-hmm. you become a certain type of personality mm-hmm. in general. Not not all yeah. the time, but in general. Um, you tend to be very driven. Okay. You tend to become very increasingly confident in your ability to make decisions. A belief in mm-hmm. yourself, yep. really, yep. right? Yep. And you, you really master the concept of it's, if it's going to be, it's got to be me. Yeah. And, and you become a bit of a control freak as a result of it. Mm. Yeah. Which, you know, so early going, you are a control freak. You're, you're, you're looking at all aspects of your business. You're growing it accordingly. Yeah. But as your business grows, you can't do everything. And that right. becomes, and, and actually, uh, Michael E. Gerber, the author of The E-Myth Revisited, he talks about that in his mm-hmm. book, you know, that you will reach a point as an entrepreneur if you're successful where you can't do everything. You're too large yeah. to be able to control every aspect of yeah. your business. It'll yeah. drive you crazy and you have to almost exfiltrate yourself out of the business yeah. and look at it in a different way yeah. right? versus how you did in the last in the, in the first 10 years. Well, Elon if, Musk recently, I, I saw long. a clip of him and talking and he was saying, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're like, yeah, it's fun, right? You're creating. It's that, the, you know, control of building something of your own. But as the entrepreneur, you also deal with all the problems. So you don't really yeah. spend the time on the fun stuff. Yeah. Really, if you wanted to grow your business, you're kind of the the ultimate problem solver. So the bigger prob the problem is more likely to fall to to the one yeah. that's trying, you know, that's because emotionally, the strategically, and financially, the buck stops, stops with you. Yeah, there's the, no other way around. You're you're like uh, the last line of defense for the company. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, to your point, Amy, you, you said previously, like the graph, like you know, you start off. I think you said like this, and yeah. then it goes down. Yeah. So here's something I learned a long, like a while back. I, I, it was in a book. I can't remember the title of the book, but it was, it actually made quite sense. So he said, not, just because you're a good cook doesn't mean you can run a restaurant. That's mm-hmm. true. Right? Doesn't it's mean true. you can open a restaurant. Like when people think of, suppose you're a good painter, you mm-hmm. love painting, right? Yeah. To make an actual uh, sustainable and successful, and, you know, let's just talk, I don't want to say global, but, a large business painting is just probably like the actual job yeah. is probably five to 10% exactly. of it. Mm-hmm. The other stuff is the admin, the meetings you have to do, the, you know, the, the, the strategies, the infrastructure, that you, the, infrastructure the whole business, everything obviously yeah. all comes together. So, you know, that was just something that when you mentioned that, um, that drop that yeah. a lot of people can't <laughs> it's pa- like, get past the that idea. drop. I'm really, really excited. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just because you're faced <laughs> with the realities of yeah. things, right? It's like, wait, I have to be an accountant. I need to find a lawyer. I need to. It's just, I need to, I need to, I need to. Yeah. It's so much. Well, yeah. and you're drinking out of a fire hose often when you're, you know, when you're actually an entrepreneur, you're mm-hmm. dealing right. with all these things. You have to grow your business. You have to hire personnel. You have to, yeah. you have to deal with different personalities as yeah. your business grows. Um, you're dealing with change all the time. Yeah. And what we've learned dealing with entrepreneurs, again, it applies to ourselves too. Yeah. You don't like change if you can control it. Yeah. Because you're dealing with change all the time that's beyond your control. So entrepreneurs tend to want to work with their same lawyer. 
over time. Right. They want to work with the same accountant over time and they want the same financial advisor over time. They don't want to have to deal with new people and re reunite yeah. a relationship. They don't have time they for don't that. Have they don't time. have the bandwidth. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 No. yeah, yeah. Right? They're so, looking at different things. So finding efficiencies in, in their day-to-day is like the ultimate, right? To try to eke out as much time as they can. Like they want to deal with one person for the services, right? Like yeah. whether it's one lawyer, one accountant, one this, one that. Because yeah. they don't want to have to they don't have to start from scratch every single yeah. time they, yeah. they meet an individual. Yeah. But um I just wanted to clear something. You earlier you said um uh, that uh, you get to a sp- after you scale the business, you get to a certain point where you have to take a step back. Like mm-hmm. you have to start delegating, right? Yeah. As yeah. an entrepreneur or business owner, normally hard for a lot yeah. of people. That's really so. Hard. Is that where the concept comes in in terms of uh, working on your business rather than working in, in your business? business. Yeah. Is, is, yeah. is that where it is? So, yeah. so an entrepreneur, for instance, at a specific level, then he starts have to when he reaches, you know, when the business reaches a let's just say a specific level of scale. Uh, he has to obviously take step back and we're more of the executive level. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think, and I think that's what you said something about, uh, yeah. about, I think like, you know, entrepreneurs like Musk or, uh, uh or whatnot, even Gates did that, I guess, uh, uh well back in the day, well, right? Uh, absolutely. They did. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They, they, a lot of them will step aside as time goes on, the founders of the company. So that mm-hmm. they, and they morph more to professional management. I mean, yeah. Sam yeah. Walton of Walmart, uh, he had to do that at some point. He couldn't, yeah. he couldn't run the whole show himself and he became more of an executive chairman rather than mm-hmm. the day-to-day yeah, yeah. CEO of Walmart. Yeah. You know, but there, there, there's stories rife with the entrepreneur who built this massive company that stepped aside for more professional management as time yeah. goes on. I think that's another difficulty for entrepreneurs because they, you know, their their business is like their kid, right? And then to hand off the responsibility <laughs> now or specific tasks to someone else yeah. would be very, very difficult. Yeah. Like, you know, you probably well, famously, getting- happened, famously happened to Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know what, what, what Steve happened. Steve Jobs had to exit Apple. Right. Yeah. Probably yeah. about. 12 to 15 years after it was after him and Steve Wozniak created it because right. he couldn't be couldn't work with anybody. Yeah. He was, he was oh. so ingrained in the development of his products that professionally the managers that were hired to actually build the business forward could not get along with him. Yeah. So he had to exit the business mm-hmm. for several years. Yeah, and then he went to Pixar, and then he came back yeah. to, he came uh, back to and Apple. He, right. You know, famously, they, Apple didn't do so well after he left, and then he came back and became the dictatorial manager that he was, yeah. and <laughs> away it went. But it's then awesome. the professional manager after, unfortunately, Steve Jobs passed on, Tim Cook, he came in, and he's yeah. been moving Apple forward ever since in a very mm-hmm. different gotcha. way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So those yeah. are some difficulties. What about some pleasures? Now, everybody, if you ask... No, I don't want to say everybody. I don't want to seem too, uh, uh, or I don't want to exaggerate too much, but 80% of people will say, oh, I want to run my own business. I want to do my own thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, but they don't understand or what they don't see is the difficulties of yes. an entrepreneur, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like running your business is so, not something there, easy. There's freedom, right? And that's the beauty of it, right? There's a lot of freedom and creativity and control, but that can also be the other side of yeah, the, sometimes the problem. You're so you might be emails at twelve a.m. You, you know, so much freedom. You're spending time on the wrong thing or yeah. something that just feels fun, and that's maybe not the yeah, right yeah. thing for yeah. the business. So, so, what are some pleasures then? Uh, if, if, if I can drill your guys' brains for a bit, what are some pleasures in your eyes? I I like the the beauty of building something, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's the thing. I love that feeling of building something, creating something, having the control to say, here's here's the service offering that we have. I I absolutely love that and seeing that and seeing yeah. how it runs really well and effectively yeah. i think that gives me a lot of pride yep. um and strategizing how yeah. you want right yeah. Yeah. i think there's something too to being your own boss mm-hmm. i mean there's something to, to that i mean when you can when you can control your own destiny you know good bad or indifferent yeah there's an empowerment to that yeah, yeah. right yeah I'm a little skeptical of that I'm, I'm my own boss because even even uh a boss like take i don't know 
a, a boss is still, uh, I'd say, accountable to his shareholders. For instance, he could probably own the company, or not shareholders, or else they, they're the uh, they're the owners. But for example, in front of his clients, like mm-hmm. y- you are your own boss, but you also know that um, that your clients can take you out of business just just like they mm-hmm. they actually made your business, yeah. right? So 100%. you are accountable to them. You you, you know you, you you respond to them obviously yeah. if. You know, depending on the type of business that you run, but you're probably sometimes answering emails and, and meeting client demands. Lawyers are obviously infamous for this as well at, you know, 10 p.m., 11 yeah. p.m., 12 a.m., yeah. right? It's like the client is your boss. Well, let me let me let me flip the, the paradigm. I don't disagree with you one iota. OK, mm-hmm. here's another paradigm. Let's say you have a regular, normal, high paying job. OK. OK, like you make a hundred thousand, hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, you're in the finance department of a large institution, or maybe you're the head of finance of a large institution. Right. Just use that as an example. Yeah, yeah. You have one source of income. Okay. And one person can wake up one day through an organizational tilt or whatever, mm-hmm. and you could find yourself out of a job. Right. Whereas if you're an entrepreneur and you have several clients, yeah, several, several, several clients. If one of them fires you, you still have a job. You need mm-hmm. all your clients. To fire all at once before you lose your income stream. Good point. Good point. So it's, yeah. you actually have more. If you're a successful entrepreneur, believe it or not, you can argue you have more job stability mm. as an entrepreneur than mm. you may have mm-hmm. as a high paid executive mm-hmm. because of Fair the enough. multiple yeah. sources of yeah. income yeah, yeah. coming yeah. into you. All right. <clears throat> so now b- b- uh, to wrap it all up, where do financial advisors and wealth managers come in uh, in terms of? I don't want to. Oh, can say I say one thing service? before we go yeah, to that? Yeah, of course, of course. The other thing too is if you look at, and I, I don't have this number right in front of me, yeah, yeah. but the vast majority of DECA millionaires in the United States, that's uh, people worth $10 million US or more, mm-hmm. are small to medium-sized business owners. Yeah, the vast no, majority. It's, it's, yeah, a, it's yeah, yeah. a massive uh, uh, means of creating wealth. I, I think it's actually close to 78 or 79%. Yeah, it's a big, I, I it's read, a big, big number. number. I read something like that, uh, I think, back in maybe September of last year when some census yeah. uh, stats came like out. Like Dr. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Thomas K. Stanley wrote about that in The Millionaire, uh, Millionaire Next Door. He talked yeah. about mm-hmm. you deconstructing what millionaires and what millionaires in, in the United States really look like. Right. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of them are business owners that mm-hmm. save their money over time yeah. and... They're, they tend to be wealthier than the people that work regular yeah. jobs. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, uh, of course. Uh, as a business owner, there's even more incentives in terms of tax uh, tax yep. planning and stuff. That's part yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, so can we move to, uh, can I ask you guys now? Yeah. <laughs> Financial planners. <laughs> yeah. Like in terms of your guys' specialty, um, how do you guys, appro- I don't want to, like, I don't mean physically approach uh, um, uh, entrepreneurs, but how do your services, how, how are they tailored to entrepreneurs? How do they meet or, or address the difficulties and the and the life of an entrepreneur? Well, I think it's right? Sean's earlier point. I think that we become part of that team, right? You've got your accountant, you've got your lawyer, you've got your investment people to make sure all those different moving parts, but you get to really understand that entrepreneur what their business is all about, how they're invested in all their other little areas. Because a lot of entrepreneurs, they've got their own business. They're probably dabbling in some other investments on the side, some private yep. equity and things like that. Yep. But it's how do we look at the whole picture and really understand them and their family and what they're trying to do? Yeah, That's where we fit in. And it's yep. this long standing relationship. Mm-hmm. The average, uh, I think, relationship with a client here at National Bank is, I think, 20 years. Yeah. yeah. So it's a long standing relationship that you really are ingrained and you go through these cycles with yeah. them. So you understand what they're going to go through because we've got other clients in the same sort of patterns. Yeah. yeah. And you can bring in resources. So you become that investment piece to figure out all the moving parts in that bucket for them. Gotcha. Save them a lot of time. 
And when yeah. you have first generational entrepreneurs, their mindset's very much, again, because they had to build something from scratch. They tend, they want to have a, a, a sense of control beyond that of the average individual. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to deliver the service in a manner that fits their, their paradigm. Yeah. So they want to know what they, they want to know what they own and why they own it. Mm-hmm. They want to see the process. Like they want to explain what it is they want. They want to see the process unfold in front of their eyes. It fits what they think is going to happen on a go forward basis. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be put into a box. They don't want to be characterized as a certain kind of investor versus another kind of investor. Sorry, when you say they don't want to be put in a box, can, can you elaborate on that a bit? They don't want to be handed a questionnaire. You answer 17 questions, you get a score between X yeah. and Y, and that mm-hmm. dictates that you and are growth go, investor oh, number take two. take off the shelf your investment mm-hmm. portfolio, okay. this. More, normally, I can't say yeah, exclusively, yeah, 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 yeah. but first generation entrepreneurs have built their business. They don't want anything to do with that. Right. So, so in other words, it's very much they want, when they work with their accountants and their, their financial people, their financial advisors, it's not dissimilar to how on their personal side, a chief financial officer would work with them as, a, yeah. as their own personal CEOs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's almost like a C, they'd have a CFO almost on their business side mm-hmm. and then they'd have a CFO on their personal side. And that would be like the wealth advisor or whatnot. But yeah. e- e- okay, but even though they have a C- CFO for their uh, per, uh, business side and you're, I guess, the quote unquote CFO for their personal side. You're you're still helping them with obviously like their corporate investments yep. or or whatnot it is yeah. right yep. um, yeah. shareholder or shareholder agreements maybe estate planning if you know yeah. if, if it's if it's a business close to succession well yeah. and right? again, if you go back to how busy an entrepreneur is sometimes they're so focused early days on the business and the business yeah. growing that piece they kind of forget about the personal side yeah they do right yeah. it's yeah. like yeah I'm just gonna work forever. And I'm just going to grow this business. This is my sole focus. Their which business is, so is the retirement great, plan. Which is yeah. so great. But it's like, if you could just look at some of the other fringe stuff on, on the personal yeah. side, you could really, really optimize. Yeah. And and the issue is... Um, uh, and, and, sorry, if I could jump in. And yeah, here's the thing. like When they're working with their institutions, their their banks and so forth. Yeah. You know, when you're successful, the banks will want to lend. When you're successful, the, the banks, banks will want to lend you money. Want to lend. Okay, yeah. Okay, so and, and you can end up having different financial pieces here, there, and everywhere. You have other cash pieces here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. They, and to Amy's point, oftentimes they don't ha- they don't have the bandwidth in the moment to pull it all together or look at mm-hmm. it in its entirety and say, okay, is my capital structure optimized? Is it doing what it mm-hmm. ought to do? Am I overpaying in interest here? And do I have stagnant cash here that could be doing something? Like, yeah. and, and so right. they, you know, oftentimes what they'll do is task the financial advisors in mm-hmm. concert with their accountant, say, okay, let's make sure all my dollars are pulling in the yeah. same direction. Right. Yeah. And that we have a complete picture of, okay, this is working together in an integrated fashion. Yeah. Because yeah. you could wake up, you could have a very successful business, but if your capital structure isn't correct, you could be leaking profit all yeah. over yeah. the place. And yeah. your personal side, I mean, at the end of the day, you don't want to wake up as a successful entrepreneur and realize, hey, I have no money at the end well, of the day when uh, well, I retire. Well, how often when we go through the planning process, it's like they, they've focused so much on the business. They got their shareholder agreement, all that set up in the business, but it doesn't even match their personal estate, like their wills. The two documents don't even talk to each other. Mm-hmm. So it's because they're just so focused on one bucket. Maybe they've they rushed to get the other, the other yeah, bucket yeah. and it's they don't talk to each other. So by having that person who kind of understands all the moving pieces, yeah. It just takes that off their plate. And that's yeah. why they want to have these relationships for years, not days Don't or months. Don't change on them. Because <laughs> yeah. it's an ongoing process that yeah. takes like many, many yeah. years to unfold and bring it to fruition. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Um, uh, going back to what you were saying, uh, Amy, 
there's some entrepreneurs and I, I guess f- comes from the best of places, but like they have a successful business, but they don't have literally, they don't, they wouldn't have maybe not even $10,000 save for their actual retirement, yeah. like their entire business. They focused That's for it. so long on yeah. that business. They literally forgot, you know, about their personal side, yeah. right? They forgot to actually put money aside for yeah. the retirement. Like their, yeah. their business was the retirement plan, which is great. However, you, you always have to have a plan B, in my opinion. Like, right. just what if something happens to the business? Something happens, you know, uh, to right. you, a supplier, something somewhere along the supply chain or along the business line. Right. Something happens, and you know, th- you have to uh, abandon shit. Well, I think yeah. two, you have a retirement. There's two risks. Yeah. I mean, one, yeah. you could wake up one day and have a really successful business until you don't. Yeah. Like, let's say yeah. there's a threat of substitution. Yeah. Someone yeah. comes in with a better widget than you. Yeah. All sorts of different things can happen that yeah. can make your business, let's say, less attractive than it was literally four or five years ago. Right. Yeah. The second thing is when you sell your business way down the road, you yeah. have no idea what economic circumstances you're going to sell your business into and uh, how to value good, your business. Yeah. Oh, good point. Yeah. You yeah. don't really know. Yeah. 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 So, to your point, a plan B is critical because. Look, we all hope things, we always, like I always ask the question, hey, you know what, what if this works out? Yeah. What if this actually works out? Yeah. So yeah. you, you want to be optimistic that way, but you yeah. want to have a plan B in case like, wait a second, I just walked into a, mm-hmm. a nasty circumstance and yeah. you want to have contingencies where you can either push it through and stay alive until a better opportunity or better circumstance allows you mm-hmm. to sell your business mm-hmm. into it, or you can sell it into a tough economic environment and you're not. Your your retirement has not been gutted. Yeah, I like yeah. that actually. I never thought yeah. about that. That you don't know even if you plan to sell your business twenty years down the road or whatever it is, you don't know the economic yeah. outlook and the economic conditions, right? Like that, that's a and that'd be another good discussion. We should we should yeah. have time time because really like that, that yeah. transition is mm-hmm. a really big transition for the entrepreneur when they get to that stage to exit. Yeah, yeah. whether Succession they sell plan. or pass Succession to family. Plan. Yeah, that's we'll a, we'll, yeah. We'll talk about that. Put in we can bring some special in. guests in to help us to have that for conversation sure. too. So yeah, yeah. Be interesting. So, but they're interesting people they it's I, I love working with entrepreneurs oh, they're it's, they're it's great. amazing yeah. to see yeah, what they can create and uh but lots of planning on that front so Sounds good. all right till next time till everyone next time. thanks